Hello everybody, welcome to episode 183 of Big Trouble Little Podcast. I'm Joe Doves. Hey, I'm Andy. Hey, I'm Zach. And um, if you're watching live, you could definitely tell that I kind of fucked up here and I'm doing it live right now, making sure that it says episode 183. But we're going to be doing Zach's picks of Twilight Zone, which was season one, episode 34, The After Hours, my most scariest episode for me. Um, and season four of episode four, uh, he's alive, um, which we will get into that, um, as you know, what that episode is about, because spoiler alert, it's my favorite, uh, out of the picks that we made. Um, but before we get into that, what the hell you guys been playing, watching or doing? I'm going to start off with Andy. Uh, not much, not much at all. Uh. I beat Pokemon Shield, though. That was the big thing. I finally slogged through the end of it. The end of that game really swerves you because at the end you have to be in some, like, tournament and you basically have to fight, like, all the hardest trainers and all the gym the gym leaders again. Mm-hmm. So the end of that game takes quite a while. But it was fun. I, I, I was hard on it at first, but in the end they clean up their act. They get it together. It's pretty. It's pretty fun. And then I played a ton of Tekken 3. I played some with a friend earlier today, and I've been playing a bunch of it, just trying to unlock all the characters. I have Tekken 7, but I'm scared of it, so I've just been playing 3. Why, why are you scared of 7? I Because I know they added a bunch of like complexity, and like I'm going to wrap my head around 3, then I'm going to go wrap my head around 7. There's a bunch of complexity in that game anyway, because there's moves... They don't even give you the complete move list for the characters in Tekken 3. No. Well, I'm still trying to figure out, like, I mean, I, I have the move list, so I'm just kind of working on that. I, I picked out a couple characters, and I'm just trying to learn them for now. It also doesn't tell you about s- sneaky little things about, like, how you have to press buttons in a very specific manner to execute the move. And I mean something like, press circle slightly before X. Yeah, I, I had to Google some stuff, because I was like, <laughs> why is this not doing anything? Yeah. It doesn't have a very robust tutorial mode. Well, fighting games just did not have that shit for a long time. No, yeah, I understand that. That's fine. I gotta ask, yeah. what, what what players or what characters do you use in Tekken? Uh, Law. Law is my favorite. Forced Law, I guess it is Aww. now, because he's... And, uh, um... What's the other guy whose name I can't pronounce? Quang, Quang, Quang something, something in the long name. Quang! Quang. I'm a, I'm a Paul player. Paul. Yeah, so. Paul and his hair. Both good fighters. Mm-hmm. Shit. I mean, if you choose Eddie Gordo, like, everybody chooses Eddie Gordo. Because. Yeah. No, yeah, he's great. Yeah. My Far and away, my favorite character is Law, though. I mean, it's just so obnoxiously a knockoff of Bruce Lee, but that's part of why I love it so much. He's just so goddamn fast. I'm winning fights. Like both against the computer and earlier against my friend, just getting as close as I can, and then just punch, 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 punch. Like no, no, no combos or anything. <laughs> just he's just too fucking fast. <laughs> and once you get someone in a corner and you're just juggling people, it's it's unstoppable. Like I've got, I've got angry at Tekken more than Street Fighter. At least when I die in Street Fighter, I'm like oh because I didn't I didn't block that fireball well. And this one is like. You just juggled to fucking hell, and then I get pissed. But um, other than that, anything else? No, it's just just those those couple of games, pretty much. All right, Zach, you're up. 
I'll continue the Tekken talk because I've also been playing Tekken 3 on the side. Uh, uh, I haven't played with anybody. I've just been training, learning <laughs> the game. and uh, It's a very I, different beast I learned today. Is there a yes. tournament going on? The computer never sidesteps. The computer never does a lot of stuff. So Yeah. No, there's no tournament. Uh, when we were at MAGFest, uh, we were kind of talking about, oh, maybe we should all try to play Tekken just to you know learn a game together or something. And Tekken 3 is pretty cheap, so we were all like, well, let's just fucking buy it. So we did. Next time we all hang out, we're going to have to compare skills. Yes. I play uh, y- Yoshimitsu, uh, uh, Nina. Um, uh, I'm probably going to play Kuma uh, and, <laughs> and King because he's a wrasslore. Oh, yeah. That's I'm my... also going to play Hihachi because he can do a power bomb. Mm. I have to unlock him first, though. Ditto. I've only unlocked, I think, four fighters. Tekken ta- tag team is good too. So, I'm I'm into it. I can see myself going down the Tekken rab- Tekken rabbit hole now. But for now, it's just three. I have uh, also still been playing Final Fantasy IV. Um, I'm getting ready to leave the moon for the first time. I guess you go back later. But I do yeah, uh, that's where I'm at there. Uh, what else have I played? I haven't played anything else. I've still been also watching Yu Yu Hakusho. Uh, not to the dark tournament yet. We just got done dealing with the four Saint Beasts, and now they're going to some guy's fucking mansion who's holding he a sister hostage because she can cry fucking diamonds or some shit. They're gonna beat. They're gonna be his ass. We'll see. That that's pretty much all I've been doing. <laughs> Me, on the other hand, I've been playing the buy all the backwards compatibility sale. Um, I bought a shitload of games. I bought Red Dead Redemption. I bought. <clears throat> I probably said that last week. Uh, I bought Red Dead Redemption. I bought uh, Alien vs Predator, the Sega game. Um. Bully I bought. I bought all those Ghost Recons, Future Soldier, Ghost Recon, Advanced Warfighter 1 and 2. Uh, Time Splitters 1 and 2. I was thinking about buying those. I mean, I'd rather have them physically, but they're like a few bucks a piece. Like, it's hard to say no, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sure I have more, um, but those are the ones that stuck out, and I played those because I was like, man, I... I only remember time splitters on the GameCube and I was like, what other game modes do they have on time splitters? And dude, there there's like this, they were doing like the zombie waves before it was cool. They're, they're the hipsters of that <laughs> because you go through like these little modes here where you're like in one corridor and these zombie monkeys fucking spawn in and you have like a double barrel shotgun, which is funny because like they start waving at you and you only have two shots. So you have to like line them up. So I was like lining up all these monkeys and like just fucking shooting them. Uh, and then there's a, a a level where these deers have sniper rifles and you're in this like glacier area and you have to snipe them. And it's, it was fun. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> gaming back then was fun. <laughs> and like 
some of the controls are shit by the way like now they're shit back then they were you know we we dealt with them and adapted to them but since i've been playing like newer games and then going back everything's janky um ghost recon advanced fight uh, advanced warfighter 2 you you kind of move like resident evil 4 a little bit where you just move tanky a little bit and you have the cover system and then you have the gun aiming where it's just like slowly going and i'm like what is going on here it's just i like those games i like both the advanced warfighters they're a lot of fun mm-hmm. so by the way some of these games there's people playing online I played, oh, I bought Frontline's Fields of War because I watched a YouTuber play, and I'm like, oh, I remember that game. I used to sell that to to parents during uh, Black Friday because they're like, uh, the parents would come in and be like, what do I need to get for my child? And I was like, Frontline's Fields of War <laughs> because I was a terrible person, uh, and I didn't want to be there during Black Friday. Uh, but there, there was people playing. I'm surprised like 360 servers are still going, but I know they're shutting them down soon because of Halo. Is that sale still going on as of this episode coming out? No, it's over. Uh, it sucks. I was going to suggest some stuff. Yeah, I wanted to get the Sega, Sega, Jesus, Sonic Unleash, because I have a um, soft spot for the werewolf Sonic. I kind of like it. <laughs> Sounds like you got enough. Yeah, I got enough games I could play. I just. No, they had, they had Panzer Dragoon Orta in there for like three bucks, and that's two games. Mm-hmm. So. Also, Crazy Taxi was in there, and that game also kicks in. Yeah, I, I should have picked that up, too. I was just... I was getting all the stuff that I liked back then or didn't get a chance to play, so I was like, I'm going to buy that. I already played... I tried to keep it at just digital-only stuff just because I still have this hang-up about collecting stuff physically, but I did get Bionic Commando 2. I was excited about that. I've been meaning to buy that game forever. Yeah. It's good, good games. Other than that, I didn't really watch anything... Uh, demanding wise, uh, actually, no, I scratch that. I've been watching a lot of Jake the Snake interviews <laughs> on fucking YouTube. <laughs> that's that's weird and random. Yeah. Uh, it's awesome, is what it is. I mean, it's awesome. It's just you know, it's kind of nowhere. Jake the Snake actually made me buy the. I bought the Andre the Giant book on my Kindle on my tablet because uh-huh. he he talked about a story about like Andre the Giant. He asked how many beers you want because they were on a road trip. They were like driving 85 miles to somewhere. And Andre the Giant said, two cases. And he bought two cases of uh, beer. And Jake the Snake was drinking. And um, he went to go pee like five times. Andre the Giant never pissed. He drank both cases and uh, (laughs) didn't get drunk. So yeah, that, that that's Except true. T- typical Andre drinking story. <laughs> yeah, and there's there was also a story where he was made fun of by someone, uh, but in the, in, at the bar, and he chased them and flipped their car over, and the cops came and arrested the the people that uh, were in the flipped car. Who the fuck would make fun of that guy? I have no idea. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> but, Yo, you're you're stupid and fake. That guy is like three of you. Like, what the fuck are you thinking? <laughs> and then he also talked about how I, Andy, I don't know if you're familiar with like Yokozuna's like bonsai drop where he like sits on him. Well, Andre the Giant kind of does the same thing. And Jake thought he he broke his like ribs and sternum and shit. 
and Andre's laughing, and he's like, why the fuck are you laughing? And he's farting on Jake the Snake. Like, <laughs> yeah, and Joe Rogan, because it was on Joe, Joe Rogan's podcast, and he's like, Jake the Snake's like, y- you know how long a giant could fart? And he timed it. He said 40 seconds, just straight farting. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's all I've done. I bought games. I played some of the games uh, that I bought. And I watched a lot of Jake the Snake and bought an Andre the Giant. And I also bought JR's new book, too, as well. I need to get the second one. Yeah. But um, let's, let's get into Zach's episode. And like usual, when the person who picks the movies or TVs is the one who starts it off. So, Zach, what was your first pick? Um, That was... The After Hours, which is a season one episode, a, a late one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's about this woman who's in like a department store and she's looking for like a weird, oddly specific item. It's like, I need a gold thimble for, for my mother. And they advertised it. Yeah, they advertised it apparently. And then uh, eventually she kind of runs into this dude. Run, like everybody's, she goes to this area where like everybody's waiting on an elevator. It's like a multi floor department store, I guess. Mm-hmm. And this other elevator opens up nearby. And she's like, oh, can I get on this? He's like, yeah. He's like, what do you need? It's like specialty items. That's after she tells him ninth floor. And it clearly shows like there is no ninth floor, like on the, 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 the elevator thing. I don't know what the hell you call that. Uh, she goes up there and it's empty except for like a lady who gives her the exact item she's looking for. It's like really, really empty. He's like, oh, here it is. Here you go. It's really strange too. Like the whole interaction. <laughs> it's like there's literally nothing there except like some, some display cases and uh whatnot and i want to say it almost plays into that whole huh liminal spaces are scary thing a little bit yeah uh and then like just the way that they're talking to each other like the the way the other lady interacts with her the one selling her the the good and uh, is like i don't know how to describe it but it's just odd well how she's talking and stuff it's the conversations that she's having with the other alive mannequin people or whatever she doesn't uh, know yet though. well yeah she doesn't know yet but like you know she's ha- she's having these conversations <laughs> she's having these conversations and you you're just like you're on edge as well like if you're watching this for the first time and you you see all this weird conversation you're kind of like uh, anxiety sets in you're like what's happening here why yes. why is she being it led to this you, yeah you know? yeah yeah um, but yeah, she gives her what, what she wants and she basically goes back downstairs. Although like the whole conversation's weird to her even, uh, and she goes back downstairs. It's like, Oh no, the thimble's messed up. It's, I need to exchange it. And then the management tells her like, there's no ninth floor. Mm-hmm. And there's she, a weird, that's... not really fake out, but, uh, they cut just to the, the, I don't know, the wormy guy coming in and talking to the manager, and he's like, she said she got it on the ninth floor, and he looks at him like, what? And, like, obviously it's because there is no ninth floor, but for a second, the impression I get from him is like, the ninth floor! That's this 
secret Philadelphia experiment floor, like something weird. Like, like mm. for a second, it seems like there's another layer to the the conspiracy. But no, he's just like, oh, this woman's crazy. It's interesting too because they they show you like super early on, there is no ninth floor. There's no ninth floor. And then like, and then so it's like you know you're in on that. I also like that. I guess he's the assistant manager, dude. Man, he chews the scenery. He's like, he's hilarious. Mm-hmm. He's weird. I remember he's in the Ghost of Mr. Chicken. <laughs> I, I, that's what he's from. I was like, what the fuck is that guy from? I've seen him somewhere, but, um, God, yeah, the, he she goes back and forth with the management after a while, and then she like sees she's like all flustered because they they don't they don't believe her. She's hysterical, and then she sees a mannequin that looks like. The, the lady that gave her the thimble and she faints. She yeah. passes out or some shit. Man, and then they freaking abandon her. They abandon her in the store <laughs> on a couch. How nice. I like I, I, my favorite character is the guy in the elevator. It's like complaints third floor. Like it's like being a dick about it too. <laughs> well I, I'll give him a little leeway because there's there's one thing I hate about it is when people get in my private space like she's like obviously yeah well well, no no obviously when she's taking out the item and she's like oh look it's damaged and then she like leans on him kind of and like goes over his shoulder like look it's damaged like bitch third floor (laughs) you want to complain go to the managers but then you learn you learn later why he is so agitated with her Uh Mm -hmm. because yeah she wakes up and the store is totally empty and she's like, I can't get out. The door's locked. And then it seems like she's hearing voices from like everywhere in the store. And it shows like all these mannequins like standing around. Mm. It's like, if you have like weird phobia of mannequins or some shit, it, it, this episode might bother you. So don't somewhere. fucking watch this one. If that's the case, Cause it, it, like I, I don't have a phobia or fear of that, that shit, but it's still like, kinda, it comes off kind of creepy to me. Well, the part where she's walking through the ninth floor and they're and they're first beginning to move off the pedestals—that's the part that's creepy. Yeah, that too. And then when they, they all congregate in a fucking group. Yeah, they like <laughs> surround her. It's like, oh my god, this is, I'm about to witness a murder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she she ends up going back up to the ninth floor, and then there's a bunch of mannequins there that weren't there before, and they all start moving like people. It's like a Toy Story thing. This but where before. is the ninth floor? Like, is it some? ethereal like consciousness for the mannequins or something because they make it clear there isn't a ninth floor and in fact the little dial goes past the roof the mezzanine to get to the ninth floor so i think you're right with the conscience thing like they're all in the store right or maybe they're in a back room um but in their mind they're in this ninth floor where they're congregating and meeting together where they can discuss about uh the thing that they do every three months or whatever or months that they get to be human and go out and stuff like i i that's what i got out of it is like they're all gathering in this another dimension of their conscience i guess they're almost like the board yeah But uh, yeah, they basically just tell her it's like, hey, remember you remember now, right? You're you're one of us. And then she's like, oh yeah, you're right, Marshall Marshall White's like, I I I totally forgot. I was just you know you get you get so wrapped up out there, you think you're one of them. 
She I'm says sorry. It's fun. It's very fun. I'm sorry. It's your turn. <laughs> what is she doing one? when she's out there? Like, it's so... The mind boggles. I know that normally I'm Mr. Like, sometimes things can be a mystery. But, like, does she have an apartment? Or... Who's I, this mother that she's buying a gift for? How did she get there? Did she, like, take public transit? Does she have any money? Does she have a car? I, I, just, I don't understand anything. Yeah, that was, like, that's kind of the implication a little bit in the, the ending monologue with uh, Rod Serling maybe Surly she's there. just, like, walking around the store every single day being that's, a it, customer. It could be that, too. It's like, oh, you know, the mannequin stands around at night and just forgets, and when the next day starts, it's like the routine starts all over again until the store fucking closes. I wonder if this ninth floor is kind of like a back room and somehow whatever hierarchy or whatever magic that they do, they, like, get the humans to, like, bring them out into the show floor. So kind of like the show floor is the... Uh, we call it their freedom from the back room. Maybe that's what they're talking about. Cause I, I don't know how they would live. Right. <laughs> like, like you guys said, are she just like being like that Tom Hanks movie where he's like trapped in an airport and he has to live in the airport or, uh, is it, uh, what is that? Terminal. Yeah. That's a good movie. Um, like but, uh, is she just like living in the mall it, or is she like, because she's a mannequin, everybody like sees her, but doesn't really know that she's alive. So like when she's walking around like a human, they're like, "All right, I guess she's there." I I don't know. This one's kind of hard to follow, and I want to get this out of the way because the reason why I'm terrified of this episode is because I was uh, I used to watch a lot of like serial killer stuff where we're involved like mannequins and stuff like cut out creepy mannequins and then i went to a haunted house where the haunted house closed down and i was trapped in the haunted house with the mannequins That's awesome. so, so like when i was a kid and watched the twilight zone and then heard like these voices and then saw the mannequins and stuff the mannequins are creepy as fucking twilight zone in this one and I would, I had so much, I had PTSD watching it. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. So that's funny. You just, you just mentioned that stuff like, like an episode or two ago. And like that turned out to be the other episode I picked. I was mm -hmm. just like, yes. Great. <laughs> <laughs> I tripped through it because I, I always like try to go back to this episode and try to like, because when you watch other Twilight Zone episodes, you can kind of get the gist of what Rod Serling is trying to say. And, and this one, I don't know. I couldn't follow it. And it wasn't because I'm terrified of mannequins. I'm just like the logic about like letting them out and then like everybody gets their turn. That's why I kind of like tried to put some logic behind it. I was like, maybe they just get, get out of the, the back room and they're on the show floor and that's their freedom. So... Oh. I don't think you're meant to really try to decipher it so much. It's just like a, it's just a mind bendy weird episode. It's mm. meant to unsettle you. I think more than anything. Yeah. It works. Uh, I, I like this one pretty well. I, this was one of the back when sci-fi channel used to run marathons of this show. Uh, this is one of the ones I saw and I was like, Holy shit. That was cool. Mm. <laughs> Stuck with me. 
so we all recommend this one, obviously. Oh yeah, yeah. Good, good, creepy episode. It's to uh, to me, it's it's a fairly simple one. There's not a lot of like crazy crazy dialogue or anything. It's just like a somewhat of a I wouldn't call it a slow burn, but it 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 presents you with a juxtaposition right out of the gate or some kind of weird fucking scenario, and it just kind of unfolds from there. Mm-hmm. All right, so the next episode for you is season four, episode four. He's alive. He's with, alive with good old Dennis Hopper. Yes. Also, and season four, the hour long episodes. That's right. Yeah, which is kind of cool because uh, I think this is the only one I ever saw of season four that that I can remember. Because um, for whatever reason. Uh, when they were running the marathons, they didn't show very many of these mm-hmm. or I just missed them or something. No, they didn't. The episode four is like, it's not that it's that people don't like it. It's just, it doesn't fit in with the other episodes. So it doesn't get shown as often. I mean, I, I don't know. It just feels like a longer twilight zone episode to me. <laughs> also, I think the other ones entered syndication, but due to some weird, uh, rights thing yeah season four didn't because that used to be you could stream seasons one two three and five but season four isn't in syndication so you actually have to like pay for the rights to it or something it's something weird like that okay. I, I wish i knew exactly what it was but there, there's like a there's several different minor reasons that add up to you don't see these as often mm-hmm. well i do remember i did catch this on the sci-fi channel one year uh, and this was this was a very long time ago when I did, and this is really kind of before I even knew like who the fuck Dennis Hopper actually was, because I don't know. It just so happened I didn't see a lot of movies that had him in it. I I remembered it's, him from Speed. So every time I, I saw him in this episode, I was like, "Pop quiz, hot shot." <laughs> see, I, yeah, I didn't I didn't really watch Speed, and I didn't watch the stupid Mario Brothers movie, and. I didn't know that was him in Waterworld. I just did. I went through most of my life not knowing who the fuck Dennis Hopper was until later. Rest in <laughs> peace, Dennis Hopper, by the way. Yeah. I know, and he does a damn good job in this episode, by the way. He acts his fucking ass off in this. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. He's, he's the best part. Like, honestly, uh, if it had been just... If the, if the actor playing the main character in this episode hadn't been as dynamic as he was, I don't know if this one would be quite as memorable. Like, the... The twist in the plot would still be really memorable, but his performance in it is like it—it's really good. Yeah, so it like starts off with they're like out in the street somewhere, and he's like shouting at like a small crowd on the street. He's got like a little podium set up, and he's got three guys standing in front of him. With a torch. With a torch. With a torch. Yeah. <laughs> he's shouting about fucking at uh immigrants and, and communism or something and then like some dude just starts heckling him he's like ah you're full of baloney whatever why don't you come down here tough guy I'll, I'll fuck you up and you sure enough he did <laughs> did they throw a tomato at him yeah something like that it's like the penguin says Batman returns how come somebody always brings eggs and tomatoes to speech <laughs> fucking seriously it's a it's, it's a good question uh, yeah, he gets hit. He, they pelt him with some bullshit, and a, a fight breaks out, and they all get their ass kicked except one who smartly runs away and hides. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, kind of dusts himself off and goes home. Dennis Hopper does. Or, and uh, he talks to like uh, this older guy who I guess helped look after him when he was growing up. And basically just like, hey, can I, can I stay here? But they seem to have like some kind of tension. Like he kind of knows what he's doing out there. Mm-hmm. And clearly this guy is from uh, from Germany. He's an older gentleman from Germany or something. Um, well, he even mentions like he spent time in Dachau. Like he, he was a German Jew specifically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he does say that. Uh, and they kind of just let let the issue go for now and they both go to sleep and he does hop I, I fucking didn't notice this ever the, the the last couple times i watched this episode he's trying to sleep and when he wakes up swastikas in his pupils <laughs> i was like jesus christ i never noticed that before pretty heavy-handed that's mm. pretty heavy i i liked it though but because of how like bold it is it's like just right there like bam this episode has a message, and it's not subtle about it. No. Mm. But that's, that's kind of what I like about it, too, is how bombastic it is. And uh, this, he, like, he just gets up and looks out this window, and there's, like, this guy standing there in the street. He's like, Mr. Vollmer, like, I I appreciate what you're doing. I would like to help you. And he's like, who are you? He's like, J- just somebody who who believes in the same things as you. And <laughs> I it's, uh, it's frustrating because... It's somebody who you give speeches in front of a massive picture of for half of this episode. Like, come on. I, I know that he's probably just under the impression he's dead. Why wouldn't he be? And then also, like, later when he's revealed who it is, he gets terrified? <laughs> what? I mean, well, yeah, okay, like, just pretend you are in that world. Why would Hitler actually be there? Like, dude, nobody would think that for I mean, real. He should be dead. It's yeah. just, you know, presumably he, like, he idolizes Hitler and he's, and he's, like, stealing his ideals and his speeches and stuff like that. So if he saw, like, if I saw, if I saw uh, uh, Neil Pert back from the dead, I wouldn't run away scared. I'd be like, oh, what? I thought you were dead. Awesome. You know, I, it's, well, Here's my sorry to interrupt you, but here's my opinion with the thing. Um, I think he's terrified because you could definitely tell he has somewhat kind of a compassionate for you know the the old man. He 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 believes in these hateful ideas of what uh, the Nazi party was all about, but he's also going like, well, that that Jew is kind of cool. Uh, like you know, not everybody's as bad as what I'm peddling out there with hate. So when he gets revealed, you know, that Hitler was talking to him, it kind of like, I guess scared himself because his ideas is what Hitler's ideas were. And Hitler revealing himself would, if that was in his mind, I think that terrified him more than anything. He's like, Oh shit, I'm becoming Hitler (laughs) in a way. Plus, uh, it's kind of important to note. Ernst, the the older guy who is kind of like a father figure for him, he mentions this a couple times, like how he's uh, Volmer's, like really he's full of fear and hate. He's scared. He's he's neurotic, 
and he, he's shown to be like kind of a wuss because you know hey guy his first speech got ruined and he's like sitting in the alley and he's like fucking sad dejected looks like he's about to fucking cry mm-hmm. and he basically goes home and does cry yeah <laughs> and he he's all sweaty and he's he's crying multiple times and shit so yeah when you see a, a powerful imposing figure like hitler all of a sudden who's supposed to be dead i guess shit just run away well he kind of has the same similarity as as hitler uh in a way because yeah hitler, did you know hitler did you know him personally yeah I, very likely <laughs> yeah um but hitler he he was always mocked uh when he was little like he tried to be he he tried to become an artist and an art school said nah bro you fucking suck and he got denied like three times and shit so like always he had this like I'm a failure or this is a fucked up system kind of thing. And, you know, one thing led to another and, you know, he went to world war one. Uh, then he wrote, uh, then he did the Brown suits and shit. And then he got arrested. He did Mein Kampf or Mein Kampf, whatever, how you fucking say that book name. And all that hate grew into what the Nazis were today or back then I should say. And sometimes today, there's people that still peddle that. Um, I mean, this is all stuff we learned in school, though. The point of this episode is it could happen again. Remain mm-hmm. vigilant. There's a lot of Twilight Zones that are like, you know, don't let hate become propagated. Don't let people spread, you know, Nazism, bigotry, racism, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if, uh, if you see it, you know, do something about it. Don't just sit around because that's what they did in Nazi Germany. And look what happened. Mm-hmm. I mean, right. some of the, like I said, this is a heavy-handed episode. Like at some point, he's like, "Oh, that that old Jew. I've seen people like him. We put them into ovens, but there was always another one there to speak up." I was like, "Whoa, Jesus Christ!" That's why how dialogue in Twilight Zone. That's why just it's so it's so crazy. It's just so brazen and like the whole idea of it that it's just it's like super entertaining because of that. Uh, and, and yeah, there's like a part later where like uh, Volmer's giving his speech and he has like this whole setup in front of like the fucking hall or whatever he rents out. It looks kind of Hitler-ish, Mussolini-ish. And he's like, it's it's happening again. We, we can't let it happen again. So he goes, he you know, Ernst goes there and crashes the whole thing. Well, he comes and from then, the, the bar. He's, he's somewhat kind of drunk a little bit. And he's like... <laughs> He's kind of like you, you, you cry, little bitch. Well, he didn't really say that, but like that's what he's saying. He's like, you're a little bitch. Why is everybody believing this little guy? He's a nobody. And then we've seen it. We've seen all this before. This is a cheap copy. Yeah, knock off. The, the only thing that kind of like because this is like literally not too far from when World War Two ended and shit. We're in like the '60s or whatever. Uh, he said 63 in the episode yeah 63 there you go so like i understand it could like always happen again but like at the same time they knew what hitler was about and everybody like fucking hated hitler at least during that time and having like (laughs) the small dennis hopper guy like grow these crowds and everybody's agreeing it just like felt out of line during that time in my opinion but i understand what they were trying to you know say that you know, it could happen again if, you know, if people believe in that ideas. So. The f- my favorite part, and it's also weird, is like after 
Ernst crashes his speech and it's like all ruined and stuff. Like Hitler comes back. This is when he reveals, oh my god, it's Hitler. The shadowy benefactor guy is Hitler. Mm. He's like, mm. <laughs> he tells him, he's like, Mr. Vollmer, there will be no more advice. There will only be orders. <laughs> and he, he takes out a goddamn Luger and throws it at him. And, and I'm like, wait, like, is that how did that happen? You want to talk about like the mechanics of the episode? Is he he's obviously dead? How did he give him a gun? <laughs> yeah, they like weirdly imply like at first it seems like he's a delusion. Like the fact that Eric Vollmer is is you know the next the next fascist the next Nazi uh, Hitler the spirit of Hitler is like guiding him, but it materializes a a handgun that he later uses to murder someone successfully. So is he real? Like did, did Hitler like fake his death? Did he escape the Soviet army in 1945 somehow? Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. And he, <laughs> aged a day. And he always found out what place of the room is like, always have a shadow. And so like, he always had to hide behind it. <laughs> like he was real. That's where you're wrong about Hitler's art. Uh, ability he, he he had great composition skills and everything so he always knew exactly where to be so i mean like, he's a great talker i mean look what he did in well not the landscapes were pretty good yeah <laughs> they were you know the autobahn was like really cool honestly but that doesn't matter but, <laughs> but the, the, the dog that one time he had a dog. That's, that's an "It's Always Sunny" reference. If <laughs> the the speech that he gives, like to uh, Dennis Hopper, Volmer's character, where he's like, "The minority, we are the minority," and all that stuff, and like you have to be within the crowd and get what they're saying, and then they'll be with you. And then that's when he talks about the martyr, where they just fucking kill the fucking fat dude. What <laughs> what I like about that episode. Uh, is like Hitler's telling him you need a martyr, and he's like, "Well, that's my best friend." He's like, "No, you got to kill him." <laughs> he's like, really? And then he's just like, he just goes with it. He's like, "Okay." Yeah, I I think that they do a good job of showing how scary this is. He kills two innocent people in this episode. Like, yeah, it's it's pretty serious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and then it, it ends with the police. The police show up after he goes and shoots Ernst with the ghost Luger, and. <laughs> Like we found, they they found out he had something to do with his friend's death, and he just stares at him and just runs away. It's like it's like Law and Order. It's like every time there's like a freeze, police, uh, we need you to come over here. And when they just run, it's like, well, he's he's shady, <laughs> but they they try to get him, but he's trying to escape on a fire escape. They just shoot him, and he mm-hmm. he's like he falls off very dramatically. I wonder mm-hmm. if Dennis Hopper did his own stunt there. Probably. Um, He's crazy, so or he was crazy, I should say. So I, I think he probably did. <laughs> but then Hitler's shadow walks by, as if to imply like he's looking for a new young fascist to to manifest himself to and give guns to and advice. <laughs> so he is a malevolent, evil Nazi spirit. I, I don't know. He I'll said he created know. darkness. Yeah, that's right. He said that. I was like. No, you fucking didn't. <laughs> did Did anybody like start thinking of fucking Dark Knight Rises when he said it? I created Dark Knight. Like, oh, uh, doing Bane accent. I was. You said you adopted the darkness. I was born. I was born in it. Raised. 
But see, Hitler created darkness. Yeah. So without <laughs> Hitler, there would, father. There would be no Bane. <laughs> oh, and another thing about the martyr thing. I like when uh, Peter Balmer comes in, like they they have a big crowd. And like the one guy is like sad because obviously his friend died too. He's like, he's he's a good friend. And he's like, no, he's a fat slob. <laughs> and then he goes out there and he's like this brave man and stuff. And he's like telling him like good things. I'm like, I have obviously understand what they were doing. You need a martyr. You need to rally people because they're killing one of us. We need to defend ourselves and all that stuff. I don't know. I really like this. Down the right dog. Why not? Yeah, they did that. That's actually a reference to uh, they killed some guy who was like a member of like the old uh, military arm of the Nazi party before they got into power. He was just some dude, and he died under like mysterious circumstances. Yeah, they're just <laughs> running the playbook. They're running the Nazi playbook in America. That's why it's scary. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, I like this episode. It was well acted. Um, I kind of like the idea that like this Hitler persona is like moving into people's like minds and shit. Like every time there's someone would hate, he could possibly be like, oh, fucking build a fucking next Reich and shit. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, another thing. I, the only thing I kind of thought was kind of odd, too, is like how Dennis Hopper was doing like the Nazi salute. Like really, re- it in a few times, yeah. A the, weird. Like really, really fast. He like if he's like them, 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 and then he like he'd go out of the room and he'd be like, uh, and I'm like, okay. Uh, and I didn't. It's under- implying he's retarded. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> all, all, you know, all Nazis were retarded. That's, that's <laughs> and I don't understand. I'm not allowed to use either of those words anymore. Like. Why was Hitler and the German uh, soldiers like up in the background, like the pictures? Like that—that well, that seems too far to me because it seems like it should have been a gradual. Oh, we're becoming like the Nazis, kind of thing. With but a, better. But but instead, it was just like no, we we want to be Nazis. That's what we're trying to do. Like I don't. It, yeah, it was. It a was little, like, I would have liked a little more subtlety. But yeah, it's, there's I, like Hitler and Himmler and. I don't know, Gehring up there. Yeah. I, I can't remember. There were they, should have, they should have had Mussolini and fucking Che Guevara. Or, I'm just kidding. He was a communist. He got pissed at communists. But he whatever. doesn't like communists. Uh, I digress. don't like communists. I, I don't like them either. If, if anything, like, <laughs> you would want to hide from, like, the government and be like, we're this group, right? We, we have these problems that we want to... Uh, address to some people here in this country but no like having hitler and german so nazi nazi soldiers and on your stage as like a prop and stuff is kind of like i don't think you could bribe people that way like i i think it, did, it, it did it got some people but then like when the old man came they all just like <laughs> fucking they're like this is this sucks i'm out of here and they all just leave <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's. I like how it ends too, where he gets shot. He's just like, "You've, you've made a terrible mistake. I'm made of steel. I, I'm made of steel." He just dies. Mm. Dead. Yeah, he wasn't made of steel. I, I, I like it. I highly recommend this episode. Yeah, it's classic. Mm. Same. All right, it's time to do our thing here. Um, our thing? Yeah, our gimmick. Is uh, 
Our yeah. ranking gimmick. Our ranking gimmick. Every time we finish a month or finish a theme of picks that we do for either movies or TV shows, we like to rank them. Um, so we got six things to rank for personal list, and then we do a final ranking list. So I will go first. At number six, I have the after hours, and that's a little bit biased. Um, and also, uh, <laughs> you just put it at the bottom because you're scared of it. And also, because I thought it was the weakest out of everything. Um, number five, I have one more Paul Bearer. And number four, I have Rip Van Winkle Caper. And number three, Mirror, Mirror Image. And number two, The Passerby. And then number one, He's Alive. Andy, what about you? What's your list? Um, I was thinking about changing some of it. But the way it sits right now is uh, uh, The After Hours. Great episode, but I had to put something at number six. Uh, one more Paul Bearer. Mirror image, Rip Van Winkle caper, he's alive, and then Passerby at number one. I don't think Passerby is the best episode we watched, but it's my favorite episode we watched. It's okay. an important distinction. Zach, what about you? At number six, I have the Rip Van Winkle caper. Okay. Uh, number five, Mirror Image. Okay. Uh, no- number four, One More Paul Bear. Uh, number three, The After Hours. Uh, number two, the passerby. And number one, he's alive! Because anything with Hitler in it is immediately more entertaining. Because it's Hitler. Okay. So, me and Andy outnumber you vote-wise for the after hours. Do you want to defend that? No, because that's kind of just like a matter of taste thing. Okay. So, number six, we have the after hours. At number five... Zachy chose Mirror Image. Uh, Andy chose One More Paul Bearer. And I also have One More Paul Bearer. So, I could kind of go with go with that if he wanted to try to defend that, though, because uh, I don't know, One More Paul Bearer is a well-written episode. But Mirror Image has a lot of, like, shock and fun stuff in it. I don't know. It's hard to say. All right. Well, Zach, do you want to def- defend that um, Mirror Image? Um, I feel like it's, we kind of talked about how mirror image kind of move, moves kind of slow to, to get to like, it's, it's, uh, it's gimmick, I suppose. You know what the hell's going on? Yeah. Um, but once that stuff starts going, it, it's like, oh, what the hell? And then the end is just like amazing. Mm. <laughs> uh, whereas what we Paul bear is just, uh, it's kind of an odd setup immediately and it's a lot of talking to uh, peeling of the onion sort of thing to get to the core of the issue. Uh, and then when you get there, it's also got kind of a bombastic crazy ending, but it turns out it's just, he's, he's lost his mind and it was, he was just delusional. I hate that about it. I hate the cop out. Yeah, I feel like it's kind of like that's the only thing that makes it a little weak. Is like I, I'm not saying I hate endings like that or anything. That that's what it was to me. That's what put it lower for me because up until that, I really dig it. But then at the end, it's like, oh, yeah. Whereas Mirror Image, it just leaves you with like, so there's just fucking doppelgangers. <laughs> yeah, at the end of Mirror Image, you're like, wait, what? Are they coming for me next? <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. So that, that's kind of where I, I guess I like mirror. I rated one more Paul Bear higher, and that's probably because of the writing and stuff. Mm-hmm. But Mirror Image is more fun. It is more. Uh, I think it's also a more classic episode that people remember. Okay, so do you want to have one more Paul Bear at five, and then Mirror Image over Paul Bear at four? Uh, I get if you guys want to, sure. I think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do it. All right. So. Five is one more Paul Bear, and number four is Mirror Image. And uh, number three. Rip Van Winkle Caper has to go at three because one and two should be he's alive, passerby conversation. I agree. Um, Zach, do you have any debate about that? Um, Rip Van Winkle Caper is interesting. I mean, there's no Twilight Zone episodes that aren't interesting, I guess. Mm -hmm. But. Again, it's like kind of one of those episodes where it's just a, a lot of talking and then just turn on each other, and then it turns out that it's just oh, gold's worthless anyway. I think the <laughs> I think the twist kind of like seals the deal a little bit um, because you're 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 seeing these uh, criminals go into the cave and then they uh, have this like crazy scientist dude be like, oh, you're just gonna suspend. Uh, animation and then you're going to wake up like a hundred years later and then you're like going through the one guy killing the guy with the car and then dumping the car and they have to walk so you're kind of getting frustrated at that part but i think the ending kind of seals the deal where like you're frustrated and you can't move any longer just like how the the doctor or the the scientist guy was and you know he finds out that he went to a hundred years late uh in the future for nothing so yeah i like it a little more because and this is my personal bias i like a lot of the uh twilight zone episodes that that take a fairly high concept sci-fi situation or gimmick or set piece and then builds a story around that i like this one because it's like yeah they stole some gold but also there's time travel oh my god i like the one where uh this guy's imprisoned on an asteroid, but they bring him a robot. I like uh, I, I like one sci-fi thing. It's the future, but and everything's nice except they kill librarians because they're useless. Like I, it, I, I like building on a, a, a sci-fi concept for no other reason than I like it. Sure. Uh like yeah, I, ha- I had some issues with some of the writing in this a little bit. Like yeah, the, the, where he crashed the truck and everything. Like just off the top of my head, I, I thought in, of in my opinion, like I'm somebody that matters or something. I thought of a way that this episode could be better, which was like he just hits the guy with the truck and goes like, "Oops, that's one less share we got to split." And then him and the, the the scientist dude just kind of drive to town in the truck. And then they get into town, and it's all like I understand this would increase the budget and shit and changes mm-hmm. how the episode works. But it's like, just broke down. It's hundred years old. But yeah, well, this is what I'm getting at though is like they get they go into a town and see how it's kind of different, but not sort of. You know how the Twilight Zone does future shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then something happens. Like I don't know. Maybe he tries to he kills the other guy, the the scientist, just so he's like ah, I got all the gold, but the police catch him or something. And it's like you're under arrest. What the hell did you think you're doing anyway? He's like, I, I almost had it, man. 
I had like all this gold to myself. And they're just like, gold? Gold's fucking worthless. And they start laughing at him. Loser. <laughs> and then it's like he's going to jail. He wasted all this shit. And it, gold's worthless. And the end. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of they all just died, it was worthless anyway. There's room for improvement in it for sure. But I wouldn't put it over he's alive or the passerby. And that's kind of all we got left. So yeah, I, it's on the bottom of my list, but whatever. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So <laughs> here's where the debate is because Andy's the one that has the passerby at number one, me and Zach have, it, he's alive at number one. So Andy, why do you think that the passerby should get number one? Or is that just a personal thing? Well, it is a personal thing, but if I could say something in its defense, because I did, I, I did play, uh, pull a bit of a coup last time we did ranking for Twilight Zone. So here it goes again. Um, the passerby deals with um, it's it's more subtle in what it's talking about, but it's talking about not letting hate uh, sit on your soul and not not being vengeful, not looking for revenge. It deals directly with uh, reconciling one's own death. It's a lot of like really poignant, interesting stuff. And it lays it out in a thoughtful and methodical way. Um, He's Alive is an excellent episode. And I love it. And obviously we should stamp out hate and bigotry anywhere we find it. But it is just right on the face of it. They could just name the episode Stop not Stop Hitler. Stop Hitler. Stop him. They could just name the episode that. And there's 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 not enough mystery in it for me. It's not Twilight Zony enough for me. It's just it's still a great episode and it has a great message, but there's no subtlety in how they convey it. They're just like Nazis are bad, right? And you as the viewer, it's 1963, you're sitting at home, you're watching your black and white television, you're like, "Oh, well, yeah, yeah, I hate them. I hate those guys. I probably fought them 10 years ago." Well, yeah, well, we need to we need to stop them. Yeah, we do. Credits. Credit roll. But there was a ghost Hitler who gave somebody a ghost gun that was it made him able to shoot somebody with. And that's super cool, but it's not <laughs> subtle. There's no subtlety. Mm. It's like two A, a neo-Nazi shoots a Jew in this episode. There's no subtlety. You have the subtlety, and then you have the bombastic craziness. A, a Holocaust there. survivor, there's, no less. There's there's two It's like, ah God. I, that that's that's why. That's why. I just the passerby is like it's subtle. They like figure stuff out. You figure it out along with them. They like use a lantern to see the guy's face, and like the shotgun doesn't harm him. Well, I couldn't have missed. And like the the you know her husband turns up, and do you know what's going on, Sergeant? Well, I think I do. I think I figured it out. And you as the viewer, you're like, yeah, I think I see. I think I figured it out. And then when you see Abraham Lincoln, you're finally like, I knew it. I knew I figured it out. They're all dead. I don't know. That that's why it's just I I like that I like that in my I like some subtlety in my Twilight Zone. And Hitler was dead too. <laughs> that's true. Hitler was also dead. Or was he? Was the he? Name dead? Of, the name of the episode is literally "He's Alive." <laughs> <laughs> so it seems like he's not. <laughs> you bring up a good point because, like, now I'm thinking about it because obviously everything was on on the nose and he's alive. He's like, oh, yeah, brown. It's a great episode. It's fun, but it's not Twilight Zoney enough. Yeah, it's like it brown shirts. I was like, oh, okay, I see where they're going. Nazis right away, and then all of a sudden, like, you see the shadow you figure, and I'm pretty sure back then I probably like, oh, I know who that guy is. <laughs> Even yeah, if, no, yeah. They, they keep him in shadow, like, t- 
they shouldn't even bother. Like mm. everyone figured it out. <laughs> yeah, I knew who it was the first time. So I was like, oh my god, that's Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> you're excited (laughs) i mean i'm not i'm not a hitler fan it's just really entertaining in media like in the kung fury movie where he calls the police and he shoots at them through the phone that's like really funny (laughs) i think this is uh, also really funny at the end of uh downfall where he's he's pounding on the table and saying he's he's upset he's 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 a funny guy in media, where they make him angry. And oh, no, it, more specifically, like, that was in Glorious Bastards. But the end, the the meme from Downfall is also good. Yes, it's it's also funny. But I, uh, I'll agree. You know what? I'll agree with what you're saying. You, yeah. you put we put he's alive beneath that episode. Yeah, I was actually gonna say like you brought up a really good point because like I, I'm comparing him and I'm just like, you're right. Like <laughs> the passerby, like if you watch it the first time, you'd be like, what is happening here? What is all this, you know, nonsense of these soldiers walking down this one road? And why is she talking about her fever and all that stuff? And, mm-hmm. then, and then when you get to twist, it's more satisfying than like Hitler just coming out and be like, you made a steal. <laughs> 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 so, you know what we do to people who, who think and have ideas? <laughs> we, we think about what they say and then we agree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So here's the final list, everybody. Number sixty after hours. Number five, one more Paul Bearer. Number four, Mirror Image. Number three, Rip Van Winkle Caper. Number two, He's Alive. Number one, The Passerby. And until next January, that was the Twilight Zone 2022. So. I invite anyone who has started listening to us to go back to listen to some other episodes, including last year, where I also pulled off a weird coup in the ninth hour and got my pick on top. Yes. <laughs> so you have a streak. Euro. You have a streak going on. Actually, uh, it wasn't my pick. It was Dubs's pick, but I championed it. <laughs> um, we're doing this live. Are we still going with the Black History Month where we choose either a black actor or a black director? Because I already have a pick, by the way. Oh yeah, yeah. I I got a pick too. Let's let's, yeah, let's roll with it. Are we going one or two picks? I was thinking one, but we can. We got we got four weeks, so I don't know. We're going to need an extra movie to go somewhere. Well, we'll keep the two movies a week. Uh, I was thinking one. Well, if you don't want to do two uh, uh, for each person, I I picked two because I thought that's what we were going to do. So we could just use my second one. Okay, we'll do that. Uh, but my pick, and I hope I didn't pick yours, Zach. I chose a Denzel Washington movie, American Gangster. Oh, that's a good one. That's a great one. Okay. So, yeah, I didn't, I didn't pick that. Okay. So remember to watch American Gangster, and then we'll talk about it next week here, uh, starting Black History Month. Um, did we have any news? Zach, did you have any wrestling news? There was wrestling news. What do we got? Uh, let's see. Uh, 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 John Moxley came back from uh, being uh, out to being an rehab. alcoholic. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> alcoholism. Don't be like that guy in the crowd who heckled him. <laughs> That's kind of fucked up, though. Really, he's like, like seriously, like this guy just came back. Everybody knew what was going on. He he went away to go to rehab for his alcoholism problem. Mm-hmm. He wasn't gone too long. He was gone like what was it, three, four months? Mm-hmm. Uh, and he came back last Wednesday, and Dubs was like, dude, John Moxley's on, he's cutting a promo, nobody's talking. 
like they're like everybody just was silent and they were listening to what he had to say. Mm-hmm. And then this fucking asshole in the crowd <laughs> yells, "Get this drunk piece of trash out of the ring!" Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then he said. He's like, hey, get that fucking piece of shit out of here. <laughs> like he, he threw out the crowd and said that. <laughs> the only thing. Like, oh, God damn. The only thing I got to say about it, one guy's a piece of trash. Two, Seriously. you shouldn't be kicked out, um, in my opinion. What, what is he doing? He, he's allowed to say whatever he wants. Not in a show that's their show. They, they, they're putting on a televised event here. If you're being disruptive, then fuck off. Yeah, but it's a like You're allowed to say whatever you want in a public forum or on your personal webpage or in your house. But you're at a WWE event or whatever. Yeah, but they do it at sports arenas, like, man. They, they, they tell them, you know, get that fucking whatever word or anything that's happening in that uh, athlete's uh, life, they keep him there. I don't know. There's no reports that that guy got ejected, so I don't think that he did. Because everybody was waiting on it. Like every it's kind of funnier before. that way that he's mm-hmm. like, "Get him out of here!" Then nothing happens. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they, they ejected him. But uh, yeah, that that's cool. He seems to look. He looks a lot better than what he did. He when looks he skinnier. It looks like he's lost a little weight. Yeah, beer weight. Uh, Maybe Jericho should do that. I guess, yeah, but he he's look he looks good. Hopefully he'll be be fine and not relapse or some shit. Because he had like a ritual where he'd do a match and then fucking drink Jack Daniels or something. Mm. Uh, good for him. Uh, Ronda Rousey is coming back in the Royal Rumble, maybe? Question mm-hmm. mark. Boo, you don't like her? No, she's kind of sucks. Why she suck? I don't know. It's, this is I, I'm not a huge wrestling fan. This is just like a of of what I've seen. <coughs> excuse me, of what I've seen of wrestling and when she was part of it, I found her boring and and lame. That's fine. I just wanted to pick your brain because you were just immediately like she sucks. I don't like her. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to because I really like the whole. They were a legit fighter, and now they're coming over here to, to the greatest sports entertainment. Like that's fun. I, I like I like the whole that Brock Lesnar will beat you up for real, and also in play acting. Like he's <laughs> terribly he's terribly terrifying. But I so I was like on board with that idea. I just think she's boring. Like they should have paired her with some like like Brock Lesnar can't talk either. But they found Paul Heyman, who is like my favorite personality in wrestling ever, just about. I kind of so they should have done something like that for her, and also she should have not been boring in the ring. No, I I, I disagree with that a little bit because like she came into the WWE with the Roddy Piper thing, and I think that was a wrong move. She should have came in on her own. Uh, I remember that. That was one of the times I was trying to get into wrestling is when that was going on. Yeah, but what I like about her promos is because people don't like her, <laughs> they boo her, and she gets mad in the middle of the ring, and she just starts fucking yelling and shit, and like getting mad at the it's crowd. Personally, yeah, it's weird. It, it, and when she's mad and like genuinely like screaming and yelling at the crowd or like you know selling it. Even though she's not selling it, <laughs> she's actually mad. Um, I'm like, I want more of that. Like, whatever you do in there, do that more. <laughs> so. I mean, she's turned into a real heel by being like, you guys, you fans are stupid. You suck. 
bunch of fat, balding nerds. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, but yeah, like everything seems to be pointing to that's probably happening. And then one more thing, and I put this on here just because Andy. Uh, somebody else is returning in the Royal Rumble for the, the women's one, Summer Ray. And I know Andy doesn't know who that is. Yeah, I was going to say, why is this for me? <laughs> this is why this is for you, because she announced that she's turning a portion of her earnings into crypto. And this became a <laughs> news story. Oh, of course it did. And like, I, There's no it. reason this should be a news story. There's actually a lot of athletes that are getting paid in crypto right now. It's already happening. And there's a lot of um, public figures, uh, mayors and stuff, that have elected to get paid in crypto, too. Well, she has an executive position within a cryptocurrency-focused company, Cornerstone Global Management Incorporated. Really? And uh, she's turning it into uh, Bitcoin and, I think, Litecoin. Uh, You know what they should do? You know what they should do with a wrestler for a gimmick? Just have somebody be like a, a crypto bro. Like everything they talk about has to be about crypto. They, no, no, I, I know exactly what they should do. They have money, so what they should do is they should buy NFTs because when you buy the NFT, you own the intellectual property for it, and they should have that printed on their actual like wrestling leotard or trunks or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's what oh. they should do. And and you know, and should... that people would fucking hate that. They would hate it. That wow. would be like a really good heel move, I think. I I, I really think that that, you know, that would get a lot. You of brought up a good point. Have somebody be like an NFT person, like a pro NFT. Mm. Has a like he says or he or she is like my face is an NFT now. Like I own the g- digital rights to my yeah, face. Yeah, and then they could they could sell Merch. NFTs, uh, like their own personal NFTs, and that's like one of their weird, stupid gimmicks. And then later, like, if they grab a belt, they're like, we have special limited edition NFTs and sell the heavyweight championship belt as an NFT. And they'll be like, you can't do that. It's like, the hell I can't. <laughs> I would take it a little step further. Like, obviously, they're making merch and t-shirts and stuff with the NFT face. I would have their face and, like, have the person go on the mic and go, all of you are getting ceased and desist because that is an NFT and you illegally have my face on your shirt. So you... Yeah, like immediately when you get in the ring and you see people like taking pictures with phones, you stop that! You're stealing my intellectual property! Yeah. You all put your phones away! You're taking pictures of me! I own this! You don't! You know, like, stuff like that. That'd be amazing. Yeah. You that would so be pretty hate. good. <laughs> uh, that, that was pretty much... I thought it was silly. And then I was reading some comments where it's like, yeah, you are talking about how some people are getting paid in crypto and then Somebody, some other athlete announced, I'm going to turn all my money in cryptocurrency. That somehow they like changed his contract to where he made less money because of that. Like some people are like resisting that shit apparently in the sports world. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I thought it was silly. It could have been, a, it was a fun little gag. To do. And Summer Ray is apparently a legend now. Well, that's another thing. She's WWE land, the legend. She's, she's legendary. Did you, were you aware? No. <laughs> It's funny because she got mad about that too. It's like a bunch of fat nerds on the internet are mad because I'm a legend. And it's like, <laughs> you're not though. <laughs> I don't even, I don't even try to be an asshole. Like, what what did you do? She was okay, but she's not legend wise. Like, tell me, like, Dubs, tell me what she did. I don't remember anything. <laughs> like, I'm not trying to be an asshole. She, she was in NXT for a little bit. 
she got called up and she had like a, a valet gimmick to Fandango, you know, the goofy dancing guy. Mm-hmm. And she did a dancer thing and then she wrestled for a little bit and was just kind of like, eh. and it didn't win anything. Yep. And never had any feuds. Just saying. <laughs> other than that, any, uh, any other news from you? No. That's all the wrestling news. Now watch a bunch of stupid shit's gonna happen tomorrow and the next day. Yes, I have <laughs> one. Talk for an hour. I have one thing to add about like the Activision deal. So Aaron Greenberg, he worked for Xbox. He uh, he did a Twitter icon of him doing the X symbol, like a DX symbol, but with fucking Crash Bandicoot. So this one Sony fanboy got annoyed. He's like. Oh, you don't see any of the Sony devs doing this. This is disgraced. He's mocking all the Sony fanboys. So everybody, because of that post, decided to put their face, including me, I did it as well, put their face on on top of Aaron Greenberg's face doing the, uh, the X symbol. So everybody, if you go on Twitter right now, you'll see a lot of Xbox people ha- uh, doing the same Twitter icon with their face on Aaron Greenberg's face and everybody's getting annoyed about that. Stupid. It's <laughs> there's there's been a lot of fun fallout from that whole thing. Like no, nothing nothing tangible's come of it yet, but I've had a lot of fun with like them saying, "Oh, we want to dredge up old properties and stuff." And I saw uh, on Twitter Seamus Bre- Seamus Blackley, you know, father of the Xbox or whatever, was talking about how he could remember when they were just getting off the ground with the Xbox, they had to go to Activision and basically beg them to release games on the Xbox. And he says, "Wow, things have really changed." Very <laughs> <laughs> good. It's just there's people tweeting Joe Biden saying that Microsoft is. Oh, this is a monopoly. This is a monopoly. You need to do something about that. This isn't a monopoly. Like, am I crazy? This is not a monopoly. No. <laughs> it's just. It's a monopoly of what? Exactly. <laughs> a lot. I don't know why. Like, I understand that, you know, if you're not a fan of Xbox consoles, like, I get it because some. Some of the games that are in Activision are probably never going to be seen on a Sony PlayStation. Um, but like before that, who was really playing Call of Duty? Like all these people that are complaining probably don't play Call of Duty anymore, or probably don't play World of Warcraft. They moved on to Final Fantasy fourteen. Like, and then all of a sudden, Xbox buys them, and now they're all pissed off. And I, mean, I don't, I don't know if that's true. This is just just anecdotal evidence but like you know twitch players and stuff have moved on people in the public eye but i think like the normal everyday gaming jerk off still does i work with two guys who both play call of duty on the playstation and the next day they were both like well i guess we're gonna fucking buy an xbox now i was like yeah you should (laughs) one of them was asking me like 30 questions about the xbox series s i was like yeah you should get it it's awesome yeah (laughs) well like i i think more people play call of duty than you give no no no. like you and i don't zach doesn't Twitch streamers don't, but I, Call of Duty, millions of people play Call of Duty. Well, that's that's my focus, is the people that are the, the vocal minority that are going like, you know, oh, now I can't play Call of Duty. I'm like, well, you never did in a long time until until now you care about it. But the people like your friends who say, well, now I guess I got to buy an Xbox, 
that's the reason why Xbox is buying Activision because they'll get those people to buy their console or get oh. Game Pass to play on their on PC. It's coming early enough in this console generation to make a huge impact too because neither of them own a current generation console because no one can fucking find one to buy mm. another friend of mine uh zach knows this guy as well he, he bought an xbox series x like the next goddamn day i was like dude settle down <laughs> like, the, the activision games aren't gonna only come out of the xbox tomorrow morning <laughs> you didn't have to do it that quick but yeah it's, it's decided it was time I it's mean, it's not the deal's not done yet yeah and also Sony uh, PlayStation has a contract with uh, Call of Duty for three years. So, right. so three years the uh, Call of Duty is going to be on PlayStation until whatever Xbox does, whether they make it exclusive or whether they are nice and let them. I, I, my opinion, it's a competition. You want competition, you make that shit exclusive. In my opinion, they. I, I assume they will. There was a. One of 6,000 interviews with Phil Spencer in the last week, he said, we intend to honor our contract with, or uh, uh, assuming everything goes through, we'll honor the contract with Sony for Call of Duty. Mm -hmm. And at first it's like, oh yeah, of course you will. It's a contract and everything. But rather astutely, the person writing the article pointed out said, he specifically said Call of Duty. He did not say any other games <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's sooner rather than later you're going to see stuff disappearing from the playstation lineup and only appearing over on you know like starfield and elder scrolls 6 it's like those are going to be xbox exclusives yeah i don't know it, it's just, I, i'm quickly going to say this because i know we talked about this last time and i made like fucking a whole ass xbox show about it as well um but what pisses me off is like Sony has always, and I, I'm not speaking like a fanboy. I'm just speaking because there's a lot of hypocrisy on both sides. Um, but like Sony's always been building their uh, game developers for a really long time, and they made moves like, for example, Final Fantasy uh, remake. They made it timed exclusive, and we don't, we never know if it's going to come to Xbox. Because every time they say, well, it's going to become an Xbox, it never does because Square Enix always does deals with Sony. I was trying to Google that today, in fact, because I was wondering about that. Like, I kind of wouldn't mind playing it again. I want to play Intergrade. Is it ever going to come to Xbox? Well, now the PC version is coming out, but it's exclusive to the Epic Store. So apparently because of that, even if they wanted to put it on Xbox, they have to wait six to 12 months from now yeah so jesus christ like and apparently also final fantasy 16 is going to be a timed exclusive on the playstation 5 as well. yeah so and you got to keep in mind gamers and people's minds are so short span now like when that game eventually comes out it's not going to have the same effect that when it came out the first time uh unless they do something different and sony took you know they they had the rights to fucking spider-man so all, every Spider-Man uh, property is going to be on Sony. Now all I have left yeah. is Spider-Man. But it's just like, if Sony had the money that Microsoft had, they would be doing the same fucking goddamn thing. Yeah, be, yeah, of course, that's fine. It's just that they don't have the money, and now people are mad because they're like, oh, Microsoft, you're just buying everything. Of course they can. Because it, uh, I'm still high on the whole thing. And sorry to cut you off. I'm still mm. high on the whole thing. It's really interesting because, you know, I own an Xbox. So, of course, I get to be happy about it. 
Mm-hmm. But it still sets a scary precedent because EA is worth less than Activision. And I feel like EA is the next biggest fish in the sea. So what's to stop someone from trying to buy them? Now, apparently, in order for Sony to do it, they would have to leverage assets that exist outside of their uh, gaming entertainment division. They'd mm-hmm. have to like get really serious about getting money out of what they've got in fucking blu-ray players or whatever so that's probably not going to happen but you know it's kind of terrifying to think two years down the road microsoft would buy ea because then i have to admit i would start saying like well hang on now maybe this isn't good Mm. but for now it's fun for now i'm having a good time yeah a lot a lot of keywords are happening now it's like consolidation is bad but i'm like wait a second everything is becoming consolidated now with you know netflix hbo max uh every streaming service possible now all the fucking game developers or uh publishers are doing it ubisoft plus ea plus whatever their thing is so everything is becoming consolidate consolidated um so i i mean i hate it but that's what's happening in the gaming world. It's not going to change. That's the path that it's going, kind of like NFTs. I hate it, but eventually I'm pretty sure that's going to be taken into gaming eventually. And it always seems like when Microsoft does it. Now, keep in mind, I know they have a history of monopolizing and they had to go through a lot of shit back then. I yeah, get I mean, they, they They went to court against the U.S. government over monopolizing the private computer business like there's a very big precedent yeah (laughs) but what annoys me is that like sony and also you know xbox people were just like you guys don't have games you're not doing anything with your console so you should just give up and then phil spencer comes in and says all right well i'm gonna do something about it and he fucking he gets he gets the checkbook and he buys some, you know, publishers and developers, and now all of a sudden, no, 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 no not like that. We didn't mean like that. Yeah, and that's like, oh no, we didn't want that. We just wanted you to do it organically. You can't do anything organically right now. They would always be in, you know, last place, and they probably go out of business if they didn't do anything. So, I digress. Zach, unless you have anything you wanted to add about this, yeah, you haven't said nothing. Uh. I don't know. I don't really have much to say about it. <laughs> um, like, yeah, it is a little worrying that so many studios and companies are getting bought up and consolidated. Uh, I don't really know uh, what the right answer to that is. It, it almost feels like the, the industry shrinking again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, it's going to leave a big hole for like, you know, independent developers to try to fill. But that's the problem is a lot of those fucking people don't have any money. That's, so that's what I was hoping. Like I was kind of hoping that this would open up some of the smaller developers to grow a little bit and, you know, just room for, for new outfits. And all anyone ever does anymore is kickstart like a lazy throwback game. I, I want to see, um, uh, you know, it's kind of ironic that the studio that did this now is owned by Microsoft. But uh, you remember that, like, Setsuna, Hellblade, Sacrifice, whatever it was called? Mm-hmm. They, they called it, like, a double-A game or something like that. I was really hoping that would kick something off. I wanted to see more smaller, polished games that aren't, you know, 8-bit, 16-bit send-up. And I love that stuff, too. I play a lot of retro games, and I really love a really good indie title. The problem is there's, like, 
fucking 60 of them every month now. That's it's ridiculous. Yeah. There's there's such a big hole that has not been filled, uh, I'd argue, since like the PS3, 360 era mm-hmm. of like middle market games. It's just nobody's making any moves on that at all. The, the only the only the only middle market that exists now is last year's AAA games getting marked down and you know the greatest hits out or bundled up like Sega did last year. And that's that's just that's just not enough. I I want some like actual budget titles, and you know I'm ready for them. I I don't want to pay sixty to seventy dollars for a new game. I'm not. I'm gonna wait, or I'm gonna find a cheaper game to play. The only thing I'm worried about with this, you know, them buying uh, all these publishers and stuff, if they if they just do the same exact thing that the publishers were doing before they were bought, I'm hoping that Phil Spencer takes these properties and go. Let's go back to the good old days, right? Let's let's take wants to. Yeah, let's take some of these franchises. Like I'm hoping that Microsoft with their checkbook goes, you know what? We're gonna buy music license and bring back Guitar Hero. That would be fucking cool. Bring back that sh- stuff. Or I was I was weirded out to see that there are so many people who want that to happen. Uh, uh, Loudwire had an article about it. Like Guitar Hero might come back. Phil. Well, Spencer said he's excited about Guitar Hero. Guys, there was a new Guitar Hero a couple years ago. No one bought it. Mm-hmm. Like, do you want it back or not? You should. You probably should have supported it. Honestly, what you should have done is supported the new Rock Band because it was better. But still, yeah. well, I, I'm you know because Phil Spencer is a big gamer and stuff. Like, I, I imagine him being like, I don't know. I'm trying. I'm just throwing this out there, even though I know they would probably never do it. But imagine having like Pink Floyd Guitar, guitar Hero, like. <laughs> If somehow he made that happen, I'd, I'd you'd see a lot of people fucking uh, rockheads that would buy that shit. If you're a big Pink Floyd fan, so maybe he could spark that. And then I I also want to see Phil Spencer take these developers that he has now and do new IPs. Get away from all the you know the Activision games and create something new, and that would be cool. So ha- have like all those. B teams that do like Call of Duty, have them do something different and have Infinity Ward be like the uh, main Call of Duty people so that they could spend time on a Call of Duty game that would actually be good again instead of just trying to hit that yearly mark. If he, I, uh, I saw something that I thought was pretty interesting too because all of these developers from uh, Bethesda and Activision and everything Microsoft owned before is now under one roof. It's interesting to imagine the IPs jumping what was previously from one company to another company. Someone brought up the fact that uh, Microsoft now owns uh, King's Quest, Space Quest, Police Quest. How cool would it be if you took, say, Police Quest, went over to Double Fine, and had Tim Schafer and his people make the next one of those? Mm -hmm. Something like that. Like an interesting... You know, a, a mixing kind of thing. I, I thought that was an interesting thought. It's kind of like it's it's software since they are uh, with Bethesda now with Microsoft making a Gears of War game. That would be fucking cool having a, a, an id Gears of War game. Mm-hmm. I'm the possibilities are there, and if, Phil, if he does that because he's the head honcho when everything is uh, the deal is set in place. Uh, I would be ecstatic, but if they still do the same formula that it was before the deal, then I'm going to be like, well, what was the point? You just wanted Call of Duty? Fuck off. Well, don't expect Call of Duty to go anywhere. Yeah. 
No, apparently they're not going to do it every year. That's that's what he said. That's what I like about because I want a good Call of Duty game where I could be like, oh fuck, I can't wait until the next one. That's five years away. <laughs> you know what I mean? Instead of just a year where we're just like, are we doing future modern or are we going back to World War Two? What's happening? So World War One. Yeah, World War One. Want that? They've never done that. Vietnam. Do a Vietnam. Battlefield One is an excellent game. Call of Duty should just rip it off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But other than that, I, I think that's where we'll end the episode, unless you guys have anything you want to bring up before I close this out. Nope. We right. did uh, Nemesis Project recently. Uh, check it out on Resident Revelations. Yes. Oh, yeah, I'll listen to it. That game sounded boring. Um, That's fine that you think that. Yeah, yeah <laughs> the episode was really good, but like you guys describing it, I was like, I don't know about this game. I, I, one of you needs to play it on the DS, the 3DS and report back, though, because you were both like, oh, it sounds pretty interesting. Blah, blah, blah. So, you know, you need to follow through on that. You need to do an addendum to a later Nemesis report. I'm actually, yeah, the 3DS one. I'm actually in the market to buy a 3DS because yeah. I want to get some games that did I that miss. Did that game have a sequel? It did, right? Yeah, Revelations too. It next. Yeah, it was not a handheld game first. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, um, and also we have getting some color coming this Thursday as well. So if you want more WCW Saturday Night and and Raw, well, tune in for getting some color this Thursday. And don't miss Dub's Xbox show. He hems and haws about Xbox, and then he plays Windjamers. Yes, uh, X. X Dubs is live every Saturday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time. I do Xbox news deals, and then I have like a main event where I choose a, a main story. First episode was about Frost. Second episode was about the Activision deal. We'll see what's going to be the third episode. So stay I'm tuned. Gonna, I want to make a counter show called Sega Zack where I just play Sega consoles and talk about console. Do it. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> It's like, oh, there's no new games coming out. All I can do is play the old ones. Here we go. <laughs> I want to make a 3DO show. You don't even have a 3DO. I don't care. This is, <laughs> this is Andy Trip Hawkins Johnson. I'm coming at you with another episode of the 3DO Classic. This, 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 this time we're playing uh, Light and Magic. That came out on the 3DO, right? Probably. No. I don't know. We're going to play Road Crash. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, if you want to catch more of a Big Trouble in the Podcast, make sure you go on Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. If you're on YouTube, like and subscribe. Uh, I've been now, I put every episode into their own little playlist. So we have a miscellaneous playlist where we, when we have like our odd themes that uh, I, you know, like whether we have like a backlog or other uh, episodes where it's just me and Zach or me and you. It will go into that playlist. I have all our Star Trek, our Bond movies, which, by the way, Never Say Never has 100 views on YouTube. I know that's not big in today's YouTube, but it's big for me. 100 is 100 people actually tuning into that episode. And um, there's two episodes that were me and Andy back in the day. It's One, one was The Tremors, and the other one is The Void. <laughs> so... Uh, you know, follow us on YouTube. But uh, we're going to end it here, guys. Remember, watch American Gangster uh, for next episode. Um, but until next time, peace. Thanks for listening. Bye.